Hey everyone, Dave here. Welcome to episode 59 of the Pocket Mastermind podcast. On this episode, I am speaking about beating procrastination with Ben Ivey. Uh, ben is a CEO and a founder of a company called The Entrepreneur Lifestyle, where he helps overwhelmed entrepreneurs live a great lifestyle whilst boosting their business success. Uh, ben is also uh, an international speaker and a mentor, uh, and so we cover an awful lot of great stuff in this conversation, um, all about getting started, overcoming procrastination, uh, and designing um, a life that really works for you, a fulfilling life and what, what a valuable life could mean. So I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you do, please remember to give us a review, share it with your friends, um, subscribe, like, all that good stuff um, really helped me to reach more people. So with that, let's get on with the show. Have you ever questioned why it is that some people seem to have everything they could ever wish for? Health, wealth, love and happiness, but others seem to lack all of these things. Why is it the small minority manage to achieve greatness, but the vast majority fail to reach even beyond mediocrity? What are this small minority doing differently to everybody else? It can't just be down to circumstance, billionaires rise out of poverty. Those questions have been in my head my whole life, and a couple of years ago, I decided to stop wondering and start searching for the answers so that I could help more people achieve greatness in their own lives. So join me and follow along as I uncover the secrets of the minority that the majority aren't taught so that you can apply them to your own life to achieve your own greatness and live the life you want and deserve. My name is David Bell and welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Ben, welcome to Pocket Mastermind. Thank you for coming along to join me today. How are you? I am doing very well. I'm really excited to be here with you today. It's really good to talk to you. And we're going to be talking about a topic that affects everybody at some point, uh, procrastination, right? And um, it doesn't matter, how, we were just saying before we recorded this, like, it doesn't matter how efficient you claim to be at some point you procrastinate. Um, so I think this is going to be a hot topic for people listening. But before we do that, can you give us a bit of a, a background to, to Ben Ivey? What was the story? I know that there's a bit of a sad story in your, in your backstory that I've, I've seen from researching you but prior, to, prior to this. But share how, you know, a bit where you've, where you, the journey you've been on to, where, to what you're doing now and kind of what, were, what was the stimulus for you to be doing what you're doing? Sure. So previously, I, I ran a couple of businesses before. So I did an import and export business. I was selling bags around the UK, importing them from Pakistan and China. And then How did that I come ended up. So that was just an entrepreneurial venture that I had. I always had the entrepreneurial bug. And when, when I was looking back, I think it first started when I was at school. And they, I, I think if you can remember, they have these things called Freddos. Oh, yeah, these Freddos, yeah. like these little chocolate bars. Like 10p and I remember, for a chocolate Correct. Frog, they used yeah. to be 10p, right? They're not 10p any bloody more, right? <laughs> no, <that's inflation. laughs> They're about 30p. But anyway, when they were 10p, uh, I, I bought a box 
And I just started to sell them for 20p, you know, 100% price, not bad, right? So uh, as I'm starting to sell them around, collecting my 10p's, 20p's, I did this for a few weeks and then I started to, you know, upgrade what I had to offer. I had a few Lucasades, I had some crisps. And then unfortunately, my entire operation got shut down when I opened the locker and all these like 10p's and 20p's started falling out. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, the one of the teachers at the time said that it was uh, not allowed uh, as I was competing with, uh, with the tuck shop as such, which is pretty funny so uh, that was my first kind of business venture and then i got on to the young enterprise and things like that but I, I had always had this drive to help people but i felt i had to have this prerequisite of achieving a lot before mm -hmm. i could start to really inspire people so as i was on this journey i, I started a bag business I, I started that at university and started running it after and then i developed an app helping people to learn using uh, vr so that was a, a pretty fascinating app we came third in a european competition i was running it with a team we were out in silicon valley and then as you mentioned i ended up uh, you know losing my father to suicide and and that was just a complete shift and, and, and for those listening imagine the person that you care most about in the world just disappearing overnight because I, I saw him the day before he was my best friend and it was crazy to think that everything is fine on the surface but underneath there's something going on and this sort of tore in inside me this conflict of you know what am I doing and and what is the point of life right why are we all doing this and this took me on a journey of self-discovery where I ended up quitting my business in Silicon Valley and I started to search as to you know, why do we do what we do? What matters to people in life? And when I started to go on this journey, I realized I had this, when I have this, then I will addiction. What mm -hmm. I mean by that is for many people, there's this prerequisite of what we believe we have to achieve before we reach something else. So for me, it's when I have a lot of money and I have a successful company, I'll sell it, then I'll inspire people around the globe. For other people, it's when I make a lot of money, I'll spend time with my family, then I'll look after my health. And often there's these prerequisites. So I started to become aware of this. And as I started to uh, dive into China and I started moving in and out of China and going to talks uh, all around the world, I started to coach people on different things. So I think it started on productivity. I remember I created this whole system uh, for teaching people productivity years ago. And uh, I took on my first client. I think I did a talk at a coffee shop. And, uh, and then I started to live with uh, an NLP practitioner, so Neuro Linguistic Programming. And he you know, taught me a lot. And then I started coaching him. I was like, well, I guess I know something, right? <laughs> and it was, it was incredibly fascinating just to start to gain these skills. And as I started on this journey, the biggest focus for me was that I wanted to help people in the quickest and most sustainable way possible. Mm -hmm. So I start going, I, I learn NLP, I start learning stuff from Tony Robbins, and I start looking for a variety of different methodologies that would allow me to help people no matter where they are. So I had this toolbox of techniques as such. And as I started to develop, I work with people on relationships and health and, and so many different facets until I realized I really started to enjoy working specifically with entrepreneurs because they experience so many challenges head on when you're running a business, right? You've got so many different hats, there's so many challenges. And I, I just really enjoyed that. Now it's not to say I, I still don't get people coming to me who aren't, but very often the people that I enjoy most, if I'm honest, are those who are really wanting to have a huge impact on society and really doing it themselves and going their own way. And then about, I think three or four years ago, yeah, about four years ago, I had, a, I had a guy approach me uh, called Mark. It was also the name of my dad. And I thought this was brilliant. But he says, Ben, you know, can you teach me what you do? And I said, no, 
Do you have any idea, Mark, how long it would take me? I, I'd have to take you to hundreds of courses, like all these, it would take me too long. And uh, yeah, we were joking about it. We laughed back and forth. And a few months later, I said, okay, we can do it, but it's going to be a year. It's going to take a while. Like this isn't some like three month job or like a three day thing. Like if you want to be good, like you want to be outstanding. So that's when I started to develop uh, this course. And previously I was branded as the fulfillment artist. So I had this training called my fulfillment artist certification. And I take people through that. And basically within a year, I would turn them into outstanding coaches. They'd be outstanding coaches. They'd be outstanding speakers. And I'd give them the skills to really move forward um, and to help them really influence other people. And what was fascinating is that I'd have people who come to me who mastered NLP, who did all these different things, but they just wanted uh, a plethora of different techniques in order to help people very quickly. Mm -hmm. So as I started to do that, it, it was amazing. And then I started to you know, rebrand and transfer into the entrepreneur lifestyle. And now I have entrepreneur lifestyle coaches who do the same thing, except very similar for entrepreneurs. And then since then I've, I've now scaled in that I've got various different programs that I run, like a major one I do for entrepreneurs to help them accelerate their success, as well as the trainers that I train and ultimately help them build up the business online. It's been quite a journey. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm missing out a lot of different stuff. Like I did the TEDx in Chinese. I, I've had to go through so many different loops and holes, setting up stuff in China. It's unreal. Like doing talks for like Coca-Cola or HSBC and just have no idea what I'm doing and like just starting up. And it's, it's been a hell of a journey, but incredibly uh, fulfilling at the same time. I like what you just said there though. You're kind of like no idea what you're doing, but you, but you, but you got started. Yeah. And, and I think that's the important part, right? Yeah, it's so important. I, uh, and moving on to the topic of procrastination, I think that the reason why people procrastinate now is because we're in an information overload, but we're mm -hmm. starving of wisdom. We have so much noise, but very few people actually know who to listen to. And it's very hard. Correct. Because right? marketing's become so effective and so prevalent, right? That if you... If you're sat around now thinking, God, I want to do something else. I don't know what I can do. I don't think, because the common one, right, is I don't have any skills that I could uh, I could sell or I could t turn into a business or something. So yes. I think what tends to happen is you, you, you get distracted by uh, how to do something else. I don't know, sell, sell stuff on Instagram. And people chase after these, what seem to be easy fixes and bounce from one thing to the other rather than kind of focusing in on something else. Correct. And an analogy that I, that I like to use is that most people are looking for a song to play as opposed to becoming a musician. And what I mean by that is that a lot of people are looking for this Facebook hack, this Instagram hack, this mm -hmm. new way of marketing, this, this will be it. But the truth is that that isn't going to get you to where you really need to be moving forward because the world changes so quickly. But by yeah. the time you've learned one song, everything's changed. Yes. I, I can't even tell you the amount of times I've done stuff in China and I've hired people and I'm like, okay, now I've laid the foundation. And then actually the next day, the government changes something. I'm like, okay, I guess that's not working anymore. Time for something new. <laughs> and it's constantly evolving. And this is why you have to have that underlying strategy and not mm -hmm. just focus on the tactics that you think will work. And I think this is why a lot of people are frustrated because like so many books nowadays are made to sell. 
right? Yes. Go, go on to my membership site. Like, there's actually not much value in the no, book. No, the content is thin in a lot of books now. Correct, right? And the reason is, is because it's a selling machine, right? Yeah. So when you look into the books that are really worth it, it's probably the ones that were made like 60 years ago. And a yeah, or 100 years ago. Napoleon Hill. I don't, every Correct, time, if anyone right? ever wants to go to any book, I just go and read everything Napoleon Hill did because that was that that's got everything you need to know everyone else has regurgitated most of it correct right and and the truth is everyone has their own spin they regurgitate different things but the challenge is how do you really sift through the noise and find yeah. something that actually helps you move forward and i think that's a huge challenge for people today and it's no wonder we're procrastinating when we generally yeah. have no idea where to start exactly uh, so where do people start then i mean that's the that's the thing isn't it because the the old the confused mind always says no and if you you feel like you don't have a skill that you could actually turn into a business or something like that and you've got all this other noise coming along and ultimately we never get going how how do we get going sure so there's um there's a few different ways in which I like to approach this. And I have people come from me from all walks of life. Some people are in a full-time job. They want to be an entrepreneur. Other people, they're starting out and they're saying, hey, Ben, can you give me an idea? Because I ain't got a clue. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I, I think that when you go on this entrepreneurial journey, entrepreneurship is a vehicle. It's a vehicle to allow you to do what it is that you desire, be it freedom, be it making money, being having an impact. I'm not sure what that is, but you have to understand why you're going into it. And the next thing is you have to realize what sort of foundation you need to move forward comfortably. Because I see a lot of people in scarcity. And, and mm -hmm. I believe there's a quote of when the, when the tide goes out, you can see who's been swimming naked. Warren Buffett. Right? Warren yeah. Buffett, right? And I think it's so true with COVID, right? Suddenly loads of people have got hit. Like if, you, if you're not prepared financially, you're kind of screwed. Yeah. And there's so many different like uh, problems that people face. You have to be aware of you know, where to focus and what works. So what I often tell people is, before you get started, what do you need as a foundation? Because I think having some sort of financial foundation allows you to think more abundantly as opposed mm -hmm. to scarcity. That's because as opposed to, okay, what do you need to meet rent? Instead, like what is your monthly income aim? Like what is it that you actually want to do and how could we build that up over time? So some strategies are, okay, you're in a part-time role. Cool. So make some money, work on the business. Other people are full-time. Other people like to burn the bridge and just go for it. Mm -hmm. And whatever it is, I think that's fantastic. But the most common challenge that I see, I like to compare to an analogy of a ship. So I want you to imagine that everyone is on their own ship and they're circling an island. And on this island, there's this diamond, right? And everyone's on the ship. They've all got their telescopes. They're all looking. They're, they're excited. They're, I'm going to find this diamond. And they're constantly going round and round the island. But the challenge is people are on the boat and they just can't see the diamond. And it just happens for days and days, weeks and weeks, month and month. But they're waiting. Now, I know there's a diamond. When I see that diamond, then I'm going to go and get it. Like, when that diamond comes, then I'll do it. And that's the challenge people have. They're constantly going round until one day someone jumps off. They swim to the island and they start to see diamonds, rubies, emeralds, sapphires, all these different things that they would have never seen mm -hmm. back on the ship. And this is where one of the biggest things I tell for the people is to focus, get started and do something because then you get feedback. But a lot of people are in this, oh, let me learn, learn, learn. And <laughs> as, as one of my coaches says, it's, it's mental masturbation, right? Yeah. You're constantly getting I, these new one things. Of my favorite, really... One of my favorite phrases that. <laughs> <laughs> and you're not really doing anything, right? It's incredibly challenging. So you've got to have that focus and actually dive in and get some feedback. Yeah, I think it's, it's always, it's a fear though, isn't it? There's always some kind of fear that, hold you back either fear like you know when you you were talking at the beginning that you know feeling like you needed to have achieved 
you need to be Tony Robbins before you can go and inspire somebody or you need to have all of the, these kind of things. And I think the challenge is, I think particularly if you're, if you're quite motivated and you've already been doing some personal development and probably the people you follow are people like Tony Robbins, for example, there's a gap between you and that is quite large. And I think what we fail to see is actually what we may, our own personal journey, what we may have experienced, other people are still following behind that could benefit from that. Even, you you know, you may not be running a, a multi-million dollar or a, a billion dollar business, but you've already taken steps further on than somebody else that you could then share that experience with. Yeah. And for people that don't know, I can tell them this, right? If you have a piano lesson and you suddenly learn what to do in your piano lesson, you can teach someone who's got no idea what you learned in your first piano lesson, right? And it's it's such a simple thing, but I, th- I really think people feel that when they look online, there's all these so-called experts, right? And, and the truth is that anyone could be an expert now. And this is why you have to do so much more research and actually mm-hmm. figure out if someone actually knows what they're doing. Because anyone could say whatever online and it's very challenging when everyone has these nice websites, they will say the same bloody thing. Like how do you work with someone who can actually get you a result as opposed to give you empty promises? Yeah, that's, I think that is one of the biggest challenges now because everything's headline, how I made a million dollars on Instagram. Well, it didn't happen. It, it, they made the million dollars from the advert that said they made a million dollars. Yeah, that's, that's, so it, that's generally the way it works, right? Yeah. So, but, but it's very... But it's very effective, right? So for a lot of people, particularly now, right, we're in this in this pandemic situation where a lot of people's traditional employment has been under threat. And so people are looking for another alternative. And when you're in that position, these marketing messages can seem very appealing. And and I think we can tend to go down that route rather than, than pursuing something for ourselves. You know, the, to your analogy earlier about singing the song rather than becoming a musician. Yeah. And I think that this is where you have to be very aware of how you market and, and, and what you do and ultimately, you know, what is it you're moving towards? And it, I think what's incredibly important is to have that self-awareness mm-hmm. of what your predispositions are. Because I see a lot of people repeating the same patterns. The story changes, but the pattern's the same. And this is where the more awareness you can have, the better you can move forward in a way where you don't trip up again and again, making the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. So what, what else can somebody do? How, if you, you, you feel like there's something else that you want to do, but you, like you say, you, you've read another book and another book and another book and you've done a course and you've done another course and you've read a book and how, how, do, you, how do you get over that imaginary wall? Well, I, I genuinely think one of the best ways to do it is to have someone help you who's actually been there before. Like I genuinely think that helps a lot. And although it's easier said than done because you have to find the right person, like I recommend you actually go online and speak to people who've worked with them, like the testimonials they have and actually reach out and be like, hey, how was it? And I think that will give you such more honest feedback than just reading a bunch of testimonials because they could have worked with a hundred people and got two good ones, you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So it's incredibly important to, to find someone to support you. And the other thing is that you just want to take the next step, right? What is the next step on your journey and to focus in on that? One of the things that I do is I work with people and I do power years. So as opposed to a calendar year, right? And the truth is calendar years don't work anymore. Now, why do I say that? Because, okay, beginning of this year, right? What were your goals? Yes. Probably completely different <laughs> to what you did now, right? Yeah, I can't, so, I can't believe anybody predicted 
this yeah. situation, right? No, no one's got any bloody idea, right? So to, suddenly your calendar year goals doesn't matter for diddly squat, right? Which is why I, I, and I've been saying this for many years, is that you want to focus on a three-month goal, right? Mm -hmm. Keep it simple. Three months, what's your focus? What are you going to do? How are you going to do it? And, and this is where, by having that clear focus, say, okay, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start this business. I want to aim to make a thousand pounds a month, and I'm just going to focus on this. I'm going to learn everything to do with that, and I'm just going to go for it. Mm -hmm. Now, suddenly, you've got a very clear focus. You know what you're doing, and then you're, you're blocking out all the other noise that, that occurs. And this is where you don't want to go down that rabbit hole of, okay, this person's course and that person's course, because at the end of the day, they teach such similar things. It's just yes. about you actually doing it as opposed to learning it. Yeah, that's that's the thing, but how do you, how do they get that confidence? Because I think this is the biggest the biggest thing, isn't it? Where you, they kind of got enough they've got enough knowledge, but you're not necessarily confident to take that actual. All right, I'm going to put myself in the market. Got it. Okay, so that's a that's a very very common question I get with new coaches that come to me. Right, they get started and they say, okay, Ben but I don't feel confident. Like, you know, they're amazing techniques, but I haven't done them. Like, like what do I do? And I say to everyone, take on three mentees. Take on three people for free mm -hmm. and just help them. See what you can do and you'll learn new skills, right? Sometimes they even end up working with you because you give them so much bloody value. And by just doing it for free and getting started, suddenly you actually get feedback on what you're doing. Yeah. You can actually have that connection. I think that there's too many people that are scared of doing something for free because they're saying, well, that's, yeah. And, and often it's this, you know, well, I'm worth more than that. They should pay for this. And by doing that, it helps gain your confidence because once you see the value you can deliver someone, you feel so much more comfortable in charging a good amount because you know you can deliver that value in leaps and bounds. And that's incredibly important. So whether you're a coach, whether you're a digital marketer, get started, do something, get someone a result and then talk about it. And that's one of the best ways as opposed to saying, oh, I charged this and attempted to charging for someone without really feeling confident in yourself. Yeah, definitely. I think doing something and teaching something are the two best ways you can possibly learn more right you can practice all you all you like and and nothing makes up for the the real performance you know i used to i go back to the music analogy and i, I used to play in a band and you, you could practice 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 but we always used to say like one gig was worth 10 practice sessions because you're suddenly f so much more focused in in what you're doing rather than just being that practice session yeah and it's so important and you know, using something different, like when I was preparing for, for my TED talk, it was the first talk I've ever done in Chinese, right? I was scared, right? I don't get scared <laughs> often. It's valid though, right? For most stuff. people, most right. people standing up and doing a TED talk full stop would probably be their idea of hell. Never mind do it in Mandarin. So, so yeah, so it's honestly the first talk I've ever done. And when I think of how many times I practiced it, it's so true, right? You can practice it a ton of times. And I learned the entire thing off by heart, right? And I've got to tell you, I'm doing laps of a swimming pool. I'm doing the TED talk in my head. I'm like, I need the I'm, I'm literally just going for it. It's hilarious. And when I was on stage, right? I forgot what I was saying, right? Can you even believe this, right? I'm on a TED stage, right? 500 people are watching. I'm, I'm in the flow. And then suddenly, gone. Nothing right? Diddly squat. Like, what do you do in that scenario? Now you can Run. learn about this, you can <laughs> teach about this, but until it happens to you, yeah. that's very different, right? And that's where I just smiled at someone and, and, you know, in Chinese, I said, so what do we do? And I look at this poor Chinese dude and he's just like, 
I don't know, <laughs> right? He's got no idea. And that was enough time, like bought myself enough time to then carry on, right? And, and it, it's, it's those things that are really important that it's not about learning these things, it's about reacting to what's going on. Then you can actually gain the skills that you need to actually help someone. So for example, today I spent some time going through in depth in one of the techniques I teach in my course because one of the people wants it more in depth. Mm-hmm. And having that response is really key to really enable you to move forward as opposed to thinking everything is perfect and then not knowing what to do. Yeah, that makes sense. Here's a question for you. What does, what does success look like to you? Okay, so um, you, usually I ask, so what is success? And I think success varies from person to person. But for me, I think success is ultimately enjoying each day mm-hmm. and knowing that I'm on the right path and having fun. I genuinely place having fun so highly because i think so few people have enough fun and Mm -hmm. i genuinely mean that i I think we're in a world where people work far too hard i think people have so many different goals and ambitions and, and get so much stress they don't have time to chill out and enjoy the journey and i think that's such a shame so for me if i'm enjoying the journey if i'm laughing if i'm having a good time that's the main thing like whatever's happened in the business whatever happened everything else if i'm having a great time that's the most important thing i agree i think we there is a lack of fun and that's why we probably spend so much time trying to focusing on destinations rather than the the journeys that we're we're on because for whatever reason we get up and you know i've said this a million times you get up and you you wait for you you look forward to friday dread monday repeat 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 that's because there's no there's not enough fun going on if we were having fun like holidays we don't want the days to go so quick yeah and and it's incredibly important especially nowadays where everything is blending into one Mm-hmm. In that you're, you're kind of got your life, your work, it's kind of blending much more than most people are used to. How do you enjoy your journey? Like, there are times in the day I'm just jumping up, up and down on my mini trampoline next door. I'm having a blast, right? I'm, <laughs> I'm laughing with clients. I'm chatting. I'm, I'm having fun. And I think it's moments like that where I reflect. And I'm thinking I'm having a great day. There's nothing different. Is This is wonderful. Like This is what I envision as success, is having a great life. Because the six, like life is a roller coaster mm-hmm. it's not about just celebrating at the top it's about celebrating the lows the highs and everything along the way how do you how do you start and end your days do you have routines no absolutely not yeah no, no, i'm only joking of course i got routines <laughs> <laughs> yeah. routines for you, me are really absolutely stunned me <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just wake up, I work, and then I, and I check my emails before I go to bed. I mean, that's... supposed to do, yeah. <laughs> just like everything I'm not meant to do, right? Yeah. No, I, I, I used to do a lot of that, and that was definitely an error. But now I've got a lot of boundaries in place that I think work really well. So for me, at the moment, I'll, I'll tell you my current routine, so I'm switching things up. So I, I was having trouble sleeping because I would sleep at like 10.30 or 9.30 or 11.30, and then uh, I've got... A, I had a, I had my Calendly booked. Like I just had it wrong in that people could just book like late calls because of different time zones. Same mistake. Oh my God. And I was thinking, you know, I'm in one place and I haven't been in one place for years. Yet how have I screwed this up with Calendly? Because no one's ever booked them before. Who yes. books at 11 a.m.? Some <laughs> nutter in the US and it's their morning, right? So, you know, suddenly... I'm, I, I realized I've got a few late calls and so I was going to bed at different times. So I decided I need to optimize my sleep. So now I'm getting up at six for the first time, like literally in years. And I usually get up at five, right? And so I'm getting up at six, I'm going to bed at 10.30. And my routine now is that 
I, I do what I call a daily power. So I've got gratitude in there. I have visualization. I'm, I'm sure you've heard many of these key things mm. before. And I think one of the things that's important for me is about conditioning my identity. It's that conditioning the person that you want to become and asking myself questions to help direct my mind and actually you know, stretching. I'm doing some yoga in the morning, getting myself in the right state. And for me, then I actually go straight to, to work, right? So mm. that so I work for like, about an hour and a half, and then my wife will wake up, right? So then she wakes up, then I go and cuddle her for about an hour, we chill out. And then uh, I'm working out at 11 a.m. This is completely different to what I'm used to. I'm used to like working out in the morning, getting out of the way. So for me, for those listening, it's about playing around with your routine and constantly optimizing. That's what I'm doing, right? I'm playing around with keto. I'm doing different things just to see how I can optimize and, and enjoy myself whilst I have the time to, because usually I don't have this time. It's, it's, it's really good, cool, right? Um, and then in the evening, I think it's important to wind down. I love reading uh, fiction books. I, I, I'm really enjoying this author, AJ Riddle, having a blast with uh, with his series, really enjoy him as a writer, uh, just like fantasy stuff. I, I find that's a really nice way just to unwind. And I think being able to think what you're grateful for, reflect, look at my wins, and those sorts of things are, are so, so, so key because... It, unless you have those boundaries in place and the right things for you, it can become overwhelming that it's just work, 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 work. And then I make sure I pretty much do no work on the weekends apart from a little bit on Sunday. And, and that works out so well. So I have that break. Do you, um, you're talking about planning and, and having goals, three month goals. Yes. You tend to, with your own, with your own kind of uh, planning, do you t- tend to run it on like a quarterly, a monthly and a weekly Yes. basis do you plan each week uh yeah so the way it works for me is that i have daily plans that i write it's the only thing that i write and then everything else i have uh, so i have a system that that, that i've developed and i used to, and, and for me it's about uh weekly reflections and i figure out what i'm doing for the week and then i plan the next week all the major tasks i need to do and my commitments I figure out on a monthly basis, I just reflect, see how I'm doing. And then quarterly, I reevaluate both business and personal. And I figure out, all right, well, what do I want to do? Like, what's the, what's the goal? So what's the challenge? Like, how do I want to move forward? And for me, it helps me make such great progress in such a small period of time, which, which is just fantastic. It's one of the best gifts that I do. And one of the keys there that I would like to perhaps press a little bit more is this weekly evaluation. Mm -hmm. It's about reflecting on a weekly basis and asking yourself a series of questions to remind yourself of what you're focusing on, what you're doing and how to move forward. And I think that even if you just ask yourself a few empowering questions and answer them on a regular basis, it's like that, that little reminder to help you move back on track, right? Because I see so many people setting goals and they just forget about it. It's not as if yeah. they're a bad person. They just forget, oh, I was meant to, I don't know, start uh, a new diet. Oh, it's three months into the year. I forgot, right? But whereas if you set a, a reminder, you know, how have you, like, how much weight have you lost? Are you moving forward with your goals? So it's, suddenly, it's as simple as that, but it makes a big difference when that is compounded through months and years to follow. It's reminding and, and, and that process, I, I, I completely agree, because it help, helps you remember why you were doing stuff. I think a lot of the time, we're we're used to at work right we have responsibilities that you know if you if you have a job you have responsibilities and you're accountable to somebody more senior than you most of the time right even if you're a ceo you've still got accountabilities to shareholders and and boards and the rest of it whereas when you set your own personal goals the only person you're accountable to is yourself and i think it takes a bit of practice for most of us to get good at being accountable to ourselves and not letting ourselves off the hook. You, so, you know, you write the write the goal down, 
yeah. and then go, ah, it's only me that's going to f- know that I failed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and I think that, that there's a few different things that, that I do for that, right? I'm a huge advocate of, of coaches and of, of business people and about having people there to support you. And I think that no, no person is a self-made man, right? Everyone comes into this world not by themselves, right? You're, you're made, you are, you are helped, you are looked after. And I think that it's the same in business. Like you need to have people supporting you. And then also, I really like social accountability. So I'll just post on my wall, I'm going to do 72-hour water fast. Right and now, thousands of people have seen that. It's much harder to go. Ah, oh, sorry, guys, I didn't really feel that. Sorry, right? Because I have people messaging, "How did it go?" Right, and I'll share. I'm doing 30 days of keto. People will say, "Okay, how's it going?" Right, and and I think it's important to have that sharing, which mm-hmm. people don't do very often. I think honestly, I think most social media nowadays is just ads. It's usually just yeah. business and ads because it's one of the only effective ways to reach people. I think it's such a shame, yeah. but. The truth is that if you can figure out a way to share with those close to you or just to share, it'll help you remain accountable because you're really committing to it. Yeah, and, and there'll be other people that you know that want to achieve similar things and, and have those conversations, right? And, and create that accountability between you and somebody else. It does make a big difference. Yeah. If you could, if you could give one book to the, to the people listening today, what would that one book be? So I often get asked, what's the best book that you recommend to people? And the challenge that I have is that I've, I think we all need different books at different times in our lives. So if I think of a listener right now who perhaps they're listening because they're procrastinating and they're unsure how to move forward. And I think of a book that would help them with that. See, when I think of that position, I wouldn't recommend a book. Because some <laughs> yeah, of, and, 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 and the reason why I say this, right, is because a book is just knowledge. Like when someone's procrastinating, it's not knowledge that they need. It's actually focusing, getting stuff done, yes. right? So alternatively, I'd be recommending them to schedule maybe one hour each day to actually do something as opposed to learning. I think that I think that make a huge difference. Um, a book at the top of my head that I think is important for people anyway is I think The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle is, mm-hmm. is an incredible book just to understand where you are right now. And I'd also recommend The Alchemist for people to perhaps gain a different perspective on their journey and, and what they're going through. And I, I think that's important to just, just to reflect on it and see where you are and know that it's a journey and that everyone goes through this roller coaster of life. I like that. I think um, I would definitely advocate reading on even no matter what, what you what you think and believe i would i would advocate reading on philosophy and spiritual books because they give you such a broader uh, perspective of your experience of life whether you believe it doesn't matter what you believe in or what you don't believe in it i believe that it open it does give you a much broader horizon because it, it, it just gives you a, a whole different it's a helicopter view of the, of the universe so is probably the way i describe it yeah, and, and I think we all have scotomas, right? Even I do, right? Any, anyone who's been coaching or in business long enough knows that everyone has blind spots. Yeah. So it's about making sure that you do what you need to do to just broaden your horizon, gain perspectives, and to have other people help you where you can't see. Mm-hmm. On this topic, what would you say have been the two or three uh, most productive, positive habits that you've implemented? And you're like, I what think- do you think made the difference? 
Sure. I, I think the biggest ones uh, for me is 100% the weekly evaluation. I share it in almost every talk. Very few people do it. Those that do makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. And, and I think this comes to, you know, most people attend a talk just for learning knowledge. They're not going to do what you say, right? And I tell them the weekly evaluation is how I dealt with not having coaching to begin with. Because I couldn't really afford much. Right? I was just starting off. I had no idea what I was doing. That weekly evaluation helped me stay on track. And I've kept it ever since, like every single week, pretty consistent. I'd say 95% of the time I'm, I'm on track, right? And I think that's really important. It's not about perfection. And I, I think that's incredibly important. Another one I'd say is uh, gratitude, being able to really be grateful for where I am and, and moving forward, actually really in having that gratitude of everything around you, no matter what the circumstance is that, that you're going through. And the other habit, this would probably be a, a curveball, a holidays. Let me explain what I mean by this. When I've been in lockdown, I was wondering why I wasn't feeling as perhaps as optimistic and enjoying as much life as I thought. And it's because I've worked for four months in a row without a holiday. And that has never happened before in my like, like for years. And I'm not saying this from a state of, oh, you know, I'm going to fly to the Caribbean and have like five weeks holiday. What I'm saying is having regular breaks built in is incredibly important to allow you to refresh and recuperate and help you move forward. Right. I've burnt out for six weeks and it was the weirdest feeling of my entire life. I was just woken up on Monday morning being like, okay, I'm a little bit ill. And this happened for six weeks and I couldn't do anything. Unreal. And I think that one of the best ways to counteract that is actually spending time relaxing, doing those mini breaks. Mm-hmm. And, and I really mean that, like going on holidays for like four days to going somewhere different, doing something different. And yes, nowadays in lockdown, that's challenging, but going to the park, going for a walk, going to a different environment is so healthy for us in this world of box that we live in, in this box computer and our box walls, our box lives, driving in boxes, boxes here, boxes there. Like, I think <laughs> getting out is incredibly important. And yeah, and that's, you know, that's where the creativity comes from. When you give your mind that rest, I think, you know, everyone probably realizes this, right? You spend loads of time thinking, 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 and what's the answer? What's the answer? What's the answer? And you come up with some ideas and then you go away and you do something else or you're in the shower or whatever. And the good ideas come at those moments when you're not forcing the thought, when you've given Mm -hmm. your brain that time to your subconscious mind to process all of the input you've given it. Yes, and there is one other habit that I want to say just on that topic, which is thinking time. I schedule time in the week to think. I love it. I have a question and I think about it for like 45 minutes and that has helped me have so many fascinating ideas in my business that I would have never have come up with otherwise because I never give myself the space to do so. So I also think thinking time and being able to have a question and really dive into it is is another incredibly important habit to help people on their journey. And do you think on paper? Yeah. So for me, I I do the thinking on paper. So I write a question down, I I sit in my thinking chair and I set a timer for 45 minutes and I just dive in depth and questions like, how do I, how do I, what would, what would have to happen for no customer to ever leave me? Right. Like how, how, like what, what would I have to do to make people think it's crazy to ever do business with any other person? And it's those sort of questions. I'm like, all right, cool. I've got to step up my game. And Mm -hmm. unless you ask those questions you're never going to come up with those interesting answers that you come up with in that period i i would say it's one of the most useful things that i've ever done is thinking on paper like you say write, start to think about the questions you need to ask write that question down and then just write as just keep writing the answers because you'll be surprised at what comes out when you try when you use that approach versus 
thinking in your head. For so when you think in your head, it goes it gets stuck. Yes. It goes round and round and round, and then you wake up at three o'clock in the morning still thinking the same bloody thing. Yes, yeah, it, it's so important. I think space is is really where that creativity is, and that allows you to to move forward sustainably. Who's been your who would you say has been your biggest inspiration on this journey? I, I think for myself, I, I find inspiration in a variety of different um, different standpoints. I'd say my wife is an incredible inspiration. And I really abide by every great man always has a greater woman behind them. I really abide. I, I think that's so, so, so key. And I really consider her an inspiration for me. And we, we did a long distance relationship for about four and a half years. And when I mean long distance, I mean not like an hour down the road. I mean like China, LA, LA, UK, like literally on opposite sides of the bloody <laughs> globe, right? Um, so I think that was incredibly inspiring for me. I, I think that Tony Robbins is, is an incredibly inspiring individual. Um, I think people have different views, but I think that the what he's done is unreal. I, th I think it's amazing. I think I, I actually find Michael McIntyre incredibly inspiring. And what I mean by that is that I love how he- field. Sure, sure, sure. Let, let me find. The reason why I say that is I really, I, let me, let me uh, perhaps narrow that down. I find him inspir like inspiring in a sense of how he can make people laugh and encapsulate people's attention. Mm -hmm. Because when, when I look for inspiration, it's often for different things that I'm doing. So when I wanted to become more humorous in speaking and understand how to role play, I thought how he masters the stage. I think it's brilliant. So I, he was an inspiration uh, at some point when I was you know, practicing, how do I get my body language right? How do I really you know, master the stage? I can really have an impact. So certainly uh, I've had inspiration in, in lots of different forms. I like that though. I think that's a very good point because I think it's very easy to just try and model particular people in the field that you're working in whereas I think your example there of looking at the way a comedian commands an audience and commands a stage is a great kind of out of the box approach to to solving a, a problem that you you felt you you needed to you needed to overcome yeah and I think that it's 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 honestly through searching and looking at those transferable skills from different industries and different people that's enabled me just to broaden my horizon. Like when I think of everyone I've learned within China versus California versus like Silicon Valley, like they're just mm -hmm. completely different. Once again, completely different perspectives, but that's important to just help you gain what you need to do what you need to do in life. Yeah. What would you on that on that subject? And we're coming towards the end, um, but what would you say to your younger self 10 15 years ago so it's funny i actually did a sermon on the mount recently which i had to give a little sermon to my younger self so uh, i'll keep it short and sweet this time i won't do a sermon and uh, well uh, it, it wasn't a podcast i don't do that just in my own time i'm just letting you know so uh, <laughs> so so for me i i think when i look at my younger self right if, if i think of you know i don't know let's say late teenage years i think that's where you're really exploring mm -hmm. i think that one of the things i'd say is life's too short to not have fun you know we work hard to enjoy make sure you enjoy life and i think the other thing is to remember that you've got time i think that when you're younger there's this 
inward pressure that you can experience when you're looking at everyone else achieving, especially nowadays with social media. And I was, I was actually chatting to this 23-year-old the other day. He's got a multi-million dollar company, right? So he, he was an intern. Now he's part of the founding team. Hmm. And he has these expectations because he's like, yeah, everyone I see online all has Lamborghinis and this. I'm like, what feed are you looking at, man? Right? And I think this <laughs> is where- to get some ordinary friends. <laughs> yeah, right. Like, chill out. And, and I think it's so easy with what we like and what we see online that suddenly we believe everyone is like this because that's what we surround ourselves by and i think that being aware of who you spend time with is so key one of my favorite things is you're the average of the five people you spend most time around i remember for a long time i, I actually didn't just you know remember it i actually used to write down each month who i spent time with and if i didn't like the average of those people i was like well i gotta do something different and I think that's a really nice way just to be aware of your environment so you can figure out how to how to really move forward. Yeah, I, I, something that's overlooked quite greatly is what we, our inputs, right? The inputs that we have in our mind and where, and all of the different sources of those. So the social media, the TV that you watch, you know, whether it's the news or, or the other TV programs and the people you speak to on a, on a daily basis all go in towards creating your view of the world. And if it's not positive inputs, you can't expect to have a, a positive outlook and a, a positive experience because you've created this filter. Yeah. And it's one of the reasons why I stopped reading the news about, I don't know, six, seven years ago. Yeah. And I was a bit, well, Ben, how do, how do you know what's going on? Like, Everyone tells you. Someone's going to tell me. Like, <laughs> like, how do you know about that? But look, I've heard it from like five people. Like if it's actually important, I'm going to know. And, and I think that there's too many people getting obsessed with wanting to stay on top of these things when the truth is you don't even know if it's true. No, I, well, I used to, I fell into the trap for years. I used to start the start my day with the news. I used to finish the day with the news. I used to believe that if you didn't read the news, you didn't have a clue what was going on. And then I realized that, Jesus, why do I want to start my day with the with negativity and then, then program my subconscious mind with it at 10 o'clock when I go to bed? It doesn't make any sense. And, and like you say, people say, oh, how do you know what's going on? Because everyone's going to tell you, right? If, if, if the world's collapsing, everyone's running around with their hair on fire screaming about the world collapsing. I'm not, I'm not, it's not going to pass me by. Yeah, and, and I think that being aware of that environment and those, those inputs uh, are incredibly important to, to really help you move forward. And if you think about, I think a good question to consider is if you think about the person that you want to become in the future, how would their inputs be different from the inputs you have right now? I think that's a really important question for, for those listening to consider as you, as you carry on on your journey, especially during lockdown. Yeah, I think it's a great, great question to ask yourself. So just before we kind of wrap up and we'll take it back to procrastination, just to recap on, on if anybody, you know, for anybody who is in that cycle now, quick recap on, on steps to kind of break, move through. Well, I, I think when, when you're procrastinating, the steps that I would go through would be number one, figure out what you want, right? And you're never going to know 100%. So just figure out what you want, right? Write three options down, then pick one and do it for three months and sack everything else off because then you'll get feedback. Mm -hmm. And I think that is so important. There's too many people dabbling in lots of things. Just pick something, do it, get feedback and carry on. I think that's the best thing you can do. Perfect. And where can people find you, Ben? Sure. So they can connect with me on my website. So Ben and then dash IV.com. So I-V-E-Y. I'm not a plant. And most social media. So yeah, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Ben Ivy. And then you can listen to my podcast, uh, Entrepreneur Lifestyle with Ben Ivy on uh, yeah, Apple and Spotify too. Ben, thank you very, very much. Um, it's been a fascinating conversation. 
and we probably could have talked for hours to be fair but we'll call it a day at that point uh thank you again it's been good my pleasure thank you so much for having me and i'll see you soon Thank you so much for listening to this conversation. If you enjoyed it and you'd like to hear more similar episodes, head over to pocketmastermind.com where you'll also find the links mentioned in this conversation. And if you haven't done so already, please leave us a review. It will really help us to get our message out and let more people know about these episodes. So leave us a review, leave us a rating, hit the subscribe button and please share with your friends. Until next time, thank you again for listening.